Gentlemen, support for KOTL is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-belt grooming. But let's be honest, you are going to use it for your abs. You're going to use it for your chest. You're going to use it, man. The summertime is coming. You are going to thank me. Trust me, I tried it. It's got the six-pack approval. It's safe. It's easy to use. It's cordless. You could, I mean, you could get it wet. Don't worry. This thing seems like it's going to be dropped and keep on moving. And not only will you thank me, but your girl's going to thank me. Please support the podcast that has supported the community all these years. Get 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use promo code KOTL and pick it up at manscaped.com. Six-Pack Lapidot, I want to give a quick shout-out to our partners, the Strength Guys, in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs, with an S, dot app. And the Strength Guys, who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, They've had several world champions, several national champions, and, uh, I mean, a laundry list of records, national records, world records have been broken, etc. But they have an app with their elite-level programming available, video tutorials. uh, I mean, the whole nine, it's one-stop shop once you're in here. There's a Discord where they're doing video review of your lifts um, to get all your lifts analyzed. So you get elite Level programming and coaching for $29.99 US a month. Positions of app. Go there and get yourself started. Six pack lapidat in Arian Messi Kamesi. It's uh we're 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 traveling light, as they say, sir. We're traveling light, just the two of us. <laughs> we lost some friends. We lost friends, man. Which happens along your life journey. This is all part of the life journey. Um, Rory says his, he lost his voice. Okay, Doing what homeboy still got Twitter fingers. Homeboy's <laughs> Twitter, you know, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. He's still he's still in the in the group chat, but he lost his voice. Doing what a god knows. Maybe he's a backup vocalist for a garage band that he's really hoping takes <laughs> off. Um, but he lost his voice, and uh, Bill's late, and we don't know if he's gonna make it and do one of his, you know, how you like me now, Johnny come late situations, and hops halfway in or not, but. The show must go on, man. And if I'm honest, can I be honest? Go ahead, sir. We're trimming the fat a little bit, huh? <laughs> All right. I think, you know what? I'm saying this off the top, and I bet you not a fucking person has heard about this listening. They're probably like, oh, good. Okay, good. We're going to actually get some good picks. We're going to actually get some good information out of this. One. They're like, okay, we don't have to listen to Rory talk about IPF lifters. That's right. And Bill's Bill getting all sassy. This might be less controversial without wild Bill around. Um, but all right. So, so we're going to do the men's 
This is the men's preview show for the USAPL Raw Nats. We're going to go division by division. We'll start from the smallest weight class, work our way up to the biggest weight class. Um, and taking a look at this, Joby is the only... Uh, hang on a second. Do I got this right, sir? Yeah, that's that's what I found is uh, Joby Trong for the 52 on the men's Joby size. They, yeah, the only lifter signed up. So... Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm picking Joby to win this. <laughs> I was going to say, considering registration is already closed, I'm going to go out on a limb here All right. and also pick Joby for first for the 52. So he gets a prize money right there as long as he makes weight and gets a total. Doggy, it's also, it's it's easy money for us too, huh? It inflates our <laughs> record. It inflates, inflates our prediction record. So I'll take, I'll take that all damn day. Um, moving to the 56s, sir. Again, only a little light here. Only two two people signed up. What are we looking at? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, similar to fifty twos. I saw only two lifters signed up, and um, their totals are close. You know, if you look at it, you have what do you have? Uh, Michael at four fifty and Aiden at four forty five. I went and looked into the results a little bit. I didn't look into too much of their training, uh, but I think Michael is going to be ahead enough. And uh, I think he has the bigger Delft as well. And so I just went and picked uh, Michael for first and Aiden for second. Michael Gordiano, um, look, at if he's coming in with the lead and he's got the bigger dead, he's more than likely to be able to retain that lead. So unless something big happens, like some injury, uh, a possible weight cut or whatever, he's a good lock to take it with Aiden Cusack coming in second. Let's move on to the 60 kilo class, moving quickly with some of these classes that are a little, a little light in terms of depths. So we can rip through this a little quicker. Sixty kilo class. What are we looking at here, kind sir? Yeah, I mean, this we saw some of these lifters at uh, the Arnold. So at least we have like some recent results for them, and they went head, uh, not head to head, but they were in the same competition, just different events. So my lifter Kurt Navarro was one of the people who competed, and then uh, Wasker was in the other event. So Kurt was in like the Pro American, I think they called it, and Wasker was like in the Raw Challenge. And Wasker Supplizing put up that 590 kilo total there. Um, you know, I'm biased towards my lifters, but I'm not biased that much. I know how much like Kurt has trained and he's going to hit PRs and stuff like that. But to close a 30 kilo gra- gap is uh, very difficult. So I just stuck with Wasker first, uh, my lifter Kurt second. And then for third, I had uh, Kenneth Imperial. You know, it gets tough when you get down there. Kurt's at 560, Kenneth's at 557, uh, Bruce Yang's at 555. Uh, but just based on what I've been seeing, and obviously, like I said, I'm biased towards my lifter, so I'm going to bump him up higher. I went with Kurt two and Kenneth three. Look at, um, so first off with Wasker, he started mid-2021 was his first meet. He's already at a 590. He's got a big spread, and the spread's probably only going to get bigger. Considering he's just starting powerlifting, and this is probably the basement of his potential. Yeah, he's a solid pick now and um, someone to watch for the future. I don't think you're being biased at all. I think Kurt is a solid second pick, 31-year-old veteran. Um, so he's my pick for a second. And in terms of Kenneth, he's got more comps than, than Bruce, uh, who only had one. I give him a slight edge. It's kind of hard to tell, like you said, but I'm leaning more towards Kenneth as well. Uh, just do it at experience level. So that's my one, two, three. I'm going to mirror your picks in the 60 class. How about the 67.5 kilo class, sir? Yeah, I was going to really mention real quick too, since you were talking about Wasker some more. I looked up the IPF World's nominations just to see where his 590 would fall as a comparison. And he'd be nominated second 
uh, behind Franklin Leon at 602.5. So obviously, Fedoshenko is not there this year, right. but it would have been an interesting year if Oscar had done, switched over to Palfting America, did their nationals, went to IPF Worlds. He could have been podiuming, potentially winning. So that just like shows, you know, how good he is on the USAPL side. Yeah, it, it, that's a huge caveat that Fedoshenko, who is, you know, winning every single year for God knows how many years, yeah. isn't and there. Then, and then for the 67 and a half kilo, um, surprisingly, it's still pretty competitive because we always talk about the 66 kilo side on, on IPF, how the top five is going to be a battle. But for, for some reason for now, there is depth in the 66, 67 and a half kilo class because on the USAPL side, you still have Daniel Clements, who is a national champion. You have uh, Morgan Garcia, who got second place last year. And then you have Brian Lee, who I believe just did the uh, Arnold recently, put up a 685. So he's right behind uh, Morgan. And then you have Charlie Yang, who used to be a 59 kilo lifter, has competed at World, moved up to uh, 67.5. So you have four good guys here on the USAPL side, plus the five guys at, at Worlds. Um, but I think Daniel Clements' training is going great. I saw him pull like a 310. Uh, I think he hit like a squat PR just recently. Uh, he has enough of a lead. So I'm just sticking uh, with how it's like listed there. Daniel Clements uh, first, I think he's going to have enough of a lead. And then Morgan Garcia, you know, he put up a, he doesn't post a lot of his training, but his, his results show up well. So if you go look at how much he improved from Daytona and the previous nationals, I think he'll make a good improvement this time too and be able to hold on to second place. And then I got Brian Lee at third. Um, I got the same one, two, three as you all had a couple notes here. Yeah, Daniel Clement is an absolute monster, 67 and a half kilo lifter. His uh, his deadlift, if he hits his third, I mean, he's probably probably not going to need his third dead to win this. Uh, but, but if he hits his third, God knows where it's going to be. Um, it depends on how they they play this out. But he is an absolutely phenomenal lifter. Somebody look for somebody his size to do, be hitting the weights he is, especially on that deadlift. You know, in the sixty seven point five kilo class, um, he's far and away ahead. Now, having said that, Morgan Garcia is a quality lifter. My second pick um, got a big total himself, and you're right. The sixty seven point five kilo class is definitely competitive. Brian Lee is is my third pick. If he was going to try to pull to upset Morgan and bump him and take that silver, okay. But I did a little looking, and uh, he's only ever hit one time his third deadlift in his entire powerlifting career, according to Open Powerlifting. If they're missing anything, fine. But more often than not, he doesn't hit that third dead. So if I got you in third, and I'm like, can he possibly pull himself ahead into second? What am I looking at here? What's the chances? And I see a stat like that. All right. Well, you're a secure third for me if nothing else, but I agree um, that body weight 66s and 67.5 has never been hotter, man. <laughs> I mean, it, seriously, these are gentlemen at 145 pounds to 148, whatever the heck the kilo and a half is if 148, 149 there's it's so stacked right now. I don't know how long it's going to stay like this. Let's just enjoy it while we can because it's stacked right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, b- before it was like the 74s where you had, Taylor and then you had like Austin and Michael and Ricky and even before that like Blake LeHue um, and we didn't talk about the 66s and the 59s as much and now with Taylor switching over um, it kind of like dilutes the 74s 75s a little bit where like Taylor doesn't have much challenge at Worlds there will be a battle here at USAPL which we'll talk about soon but now like the for whatever reason yeah the 66 and 67.5 has turned into the 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 class that has a lot of depth 
Um, and just adding in there with Morgan too, when he hit that 690 at, at Nationals in Daytona, he missed all his third attempts. So that's like good and bad. It's like, okay, you got to come and make your third attempts. But if he does make his third attempts, he could be pushing, you know, 700, 705. We'll see. Um, and like you said, Brian um, missing a lot of third attempts. Um, the Delaf hurts him at uh, Arnold. He missed his second and third attempt with 302.5 because he was trying to get to a, uh, I think he was trying to get to like a 700 kilo total. So it depends on yeah how they play the strategy where he does have the bigger Delaf. So maybe they can play it smarter, execute and backdoor Morgan. And then the other thing with Daniel too is, yeah, I think he's going to be on a far enough lead that he's going to be looking towards the, you know, top five, top three for best lifter um, to get there as high as possible. So if he's pushing like 730 kilo total and he doesn't like fill out the weight class completely, I think he can be up there for top three. I think he's going to fill out that weight class. Though. He's a big boy <laughs> for that weight class, but I know what you're saying. Um, speaking of the 74s, now in the USAPL, it's the 75s. Um, yeah, Taylor Atwood is gone. Um, Taylor probably not going to be facing too much competition in the world's and I mean, he's not going to fish, face too much competition in anybody around this weight class unless he compares himself to the 83s or 82.5s. But 75s still has some familiar names, still got some veterans, and it's actually still going to be a pretty good scrap. As a matter of fact, I could argue Taylor leaving opens it up. Um, if Taylor was there, it's Taylor all day, and these fellas are going to be quite a bit of kilos behind. Uh, but with Taylor gone, now we got ourselves a battle. And this is actually an interesting battle. And some of the names here, you got guys like Charles Apoco, who's a legit, I mean, he's a two-time world champion in the 66s. You know, we have some world-class lifters here. Interested in hearing, how does your top three look, sir? Yeah, it definitely opens it up for a lot of depth in this class again and an interesting battle. And again, I was looking at the nominations because they're all around 740 you know 737 and obviously taylor is uh, up top you know 800 plus on a good day but they would be up there at for worlds in top three because you have like yakov at 733 uh and this uh these other guys leonardo at 728 so they would all definitely be up there scrapping for the podium it's just that taylor's on another level right. and so like and like you said we have some returning names we got ricky cho nominated 742.5 he had a disappointing meet in Daytona Nationals last year um, where he like barely made weight and then couldn't execute on his deadlifts. It looks like his training is looking good. He did like a 250 squat recently, moved really quick. Um, it seems like he did like a 270 double on deadlift. Um, so it seems like his strength is coming back. So maybe this will be his chance to get the title. You have uh, Charles Opoco also at 742.5. He disappointed at the Virginia Pro where he bombed down in squats, but then he came back at another meet. And that's where he hit the 742. And um, training for him is looking good as well. He hasn't been posting as much lately, but it's looking good. And then you have uh, Eric Lapointe, who just did the Arnold recently. I'm a little bit worried with him with his deadlift. The last two meets, like he'll miss his deadlift on like, like losing his balance or some kind of technicality on his opener. And so that holds him back from do getting his true potential potentially on his third attempt. Um, so we'll see what happens. And then uh, a Florida boy, uh, Joseph Borenstein, who um, is a teen lifter, I believe, still. He's at 737.5. He just did the uh, high school and collegiate nationals where he hit the 737.5. But he's also one who misses his third deadlift a lot. I think he missed like uh, one attempt on each lift at nationals recently. So I, I kept going back and forth on that. First, I wanted to pick Borenstein to win just because he's from Florida. He's a teen kid. Like what if he comes and just steals the show from them? But then I was like, man, he, he misses attempts a lot. Uh, I looked at his training recently. Um, it didn't look like it was like tons of progress. So I think he'll still be around that uh, area. Um, 
So I kept changing it up. And my final decision is let me go with the person who is like the most trusted at higher level meets and executes the most. So I went with Charles for first. And then I went Eric LaPointe for second, thinking he's going to be able to execute on his deadlifts this time. And then I went Joe Bornstein for third. Okay. So we're differing a little, but not a whole heck of a lot. Um, I also am going to take Charles, even though everything you said, yes, he, he bombed out. And it's like, you know, consistency, I'll go with the guys, but he's also won world titles at the world championships. And everybody knows how harsh the judging is at the world championships. So they're, has to be a balanced review i think also charles was coming back initially with an injury he took a lot of time off retired uh was doing other things come back as a 75 and now he's letting he's eating more and letting his body grow into it i think his total is actually just going to go up um of all of these gentlemen he's eating into this he's getting bigger and bigger he's coming up from 66 kilo that's a big come up the difference between 66 and 75 is a big jump man um, so he, he doesn't have the same obstacles that, for instance, a Ricky Cho is going to have. Ricky, historically, if you look at some of his performances here, at he did a 767.5 kilo total, but he weighed in as a 76. He did a 742.5 kilo total, but he weighed in as a 77.4. He's, you know, yes, for sure. Moving from 74 kilo to 75 kilo is going to help Ricky. I know it's only one kilo, but when you're cutting weight, that's 2.2 pounds. You don't have to cut at the bottom. I've cut like the 10 pound mark and competed the whole nine. And let me tell you the difference between cutting 10 pounds, or if you stop me at 7.8 pounds and say, you don't have to cut anymore and you don't have to keep sweating. It's like, I'm going to fucking cry. Thank you. It makes a difference one kilo. It does. It's same like like when people are like, oh, it's just one kilo. For some people, it's going to make all the difference. I don't know if it's going to make enough of a difference for Ricky, but or like you know what? Fucking let, let me not disrespect the man. It's the villain. <laughs> it's the villain. It's pug the goat. It's either pug the goat or the, or the goddamn villain. But um, I don't know if that's going to make enough of a difference, but it will help. Same with like Daniel and all the 66s that are now 67.5s. You'll see a little bump. Believe me, at that body weight, when you're that small in body weight, not cutting another three to four pounds is like, if I made you put four pounds of sweat in a bucket, it's fucking insane, man. So when people are like, well, it's not, it's huge. It's everything. It's fucking everything. It's why some people, you know, anyways. So with some guys who are on the margin, like Ricky, this might be something for him. If you're a, if you're a pug fan, you're a villain fan, Maybe that extra kilo, it's 2.2 pounds. Maybe we got something here. Maybe we're cooking. Here's what I'm having said all this. This is where I'm going. I think I'm going to pick Charles. He's growing into it. He's won IPF Worlds um, and he's a veteran and his strength is soaring. And all of the variable I just talked about is out the window because he's fine. He's under 75 kilo. And, and if, he's, if he's at 75 kilo, he's even stronger because he's bigger. He's getting bigger. His last of all of these gentlemen, I'm probably the most confident his strength is going up because in his last total is going to go up because he's getting bigger and bigger. And there's a reason why there's weight classes. So I'm going to take Charles number two for my number two slot. I'm going to take Eric. I'm going to take Eric because I'm worried about pugs. Um, you know, it's training. He's not showing a lot of terms of top end. I know been dealing with injuries and, uh, and, 
you know, his best performances seem to be heavier body weight. And I don't know if there's a correlation between cutting weight and being injured or if just injured during training. And even when he's big, um, he's capable. Pug's top end strength. Ironically, I think Pug is probably stronger than all these guys. If we just went into the gym and fuck cutting weight and everything, just where you're at right now, I think Pug's top end might be there. But if he's injured, well, I mean, I don't have to say might. He's got the biggest total registered of these guys. <laughs> but um, if he's injured, like I think he is, or he's dealing with shit, like I think he is, and, and the weight cut and everything, I'm going to slot him in at third. I'm not going to bump him out of three like you did, only because he's got he's coming third before when it was stacked, USAPL full on stack with Taylor there, and Taylor's bumping everyone down a peg. Um, and he still came in third. Like he's, 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 he's for really real quality, but there's too many variables for me to pick. If he didn't have all of these question marks around him, I pick him to win, but injuries, weight, whatever. And he's just two years, two years bigger, you know, running a gym, running a gym, right. (laughs) Stressors two years ago, he's already big for 74. All right. He gets another kilo in him, but I think his body weight's getting bigger. He's getting bigger from lifting weights. It is what it is. He's getting older. So I'm going to put him in a third. I'm not going to take him right off the top three, but um, fuck me. And I don't know. He doesn't show shit anymore either. You know, <laughs> yeah. so. I was surprised he put up the, the 270 deadlift double recently because, uh, yeah, I hadn't seen much else. And and some of his stuff is variations as well. So it's hard to tell where the top end strength is. But he definitely needs that delft to show up because uh, Charles has the weaker delft, the sub 300 kilo delft. But Eric and Joe both have, you know, 315 to 320 delft. So. Joe needs to come in with the same 315-ish. They'll have to keep up with them. So uh, that's a, that's the thing is I was just trying to – I switched it up. Like I was going back and forth, and, yeah, it's kind of like rolling the dice. Like who's going to make that third attempt deadlift or who's going to try and maybe pull for first and miss and then someone backdoors you for second place and those kind of things that we can't predict. And so that's why I just had uh, Ricky at fourth and you got Ricky at thir- uh, third. The tangibles are tough with some of these, and for Pug it is. Let's move to the 82.5s. Um, what are we looking at, sir? We got some familiar faces. All of these gentlemen have faced off sometimes multiple times over the course of years. Are we going to see changes? Are we going to see some upsets? Uh, you're not wild bill. So probably not bill is here. Who knows what the fuck that guy would say. Uh, I'm not wild bill, but I think this might be a, might be a little bit of wild weight class too, just because we've been seeing recently or anyone who's been watching a Russ, especially on YouTube is he's been dealing with an injury um, with like a groin issue. And he had like take, you know, a couple of weeks off from squatting and then come back and test it out and trying to work around pain and doing rehab stuff. So uh, his bench and Delph had seemed fine. He did like a 335 deadlift even recently, but the squat was the one that was up in the air, but it seems like he's slowly building it back up. I think he just did a recently a 320 squat. Um, yeah. though it did, did, did look difficult. Um, and I'm not sure exactly what his uh, body weight's at. So it just depends on whether he can hold up um, his health in order to get to nationals and hit something around that 320 squat. Or if while he's peaking, you never know. Something can happen. Something, it tweaks again. And then, boom, you are you may be down on the squat or maybe out. Because he had mentioned, too, I guess, that he may even have to have pulled out. If at that point when he was, like, taking a couple weeks off a of squat, if it wasn't going to get better, that he was going to pull out. Um, Sean's training has been looking good. I think he did, like, a 290 or 291 squat recently. Um, so... 
uh, things are going well for him. He hasn't been posting too much bench from what I saw as far as like before he used to always post like a 500 pound bench or right. more every single week or every single session. Um, with Deuce Gruden, he never posts anything. It, we're lucky if he posts like one heavy video before a big meet. Like before Arnold, he's just like, hey, I'm here and posted up a video. So he hasn't posted anything up for this. So uh, I'm not sure if he's going, if he's not going, if his training's going well, if it's not going well. But he did do the Arnold. He did put up some uh, big numbers there, upset uh, Angelo, uh, because a lot of people thought, you know, Angelo would, uh, would be winning that. And then, of course, you have Angelo there at fourth. And then a little bit below that, Michael C. at fifth, uh, who is moving up weight class. His training has been looking good as well. It's just going to be interesting to see how Michael C. performs since, like, at least from my remembering Michael the last couple of years is like, okay, you know, he cramped up here or like bombed out here. And so hopefully this moving up in weight class, eating and building up the squat and bench again will help him out. So definitely another weight class. There's a lot of competition, a lot of depth, even with Delaney gone to the IPF. Um, you still have a stack class here. And this is another one I was going back and forth because I'm like, what if Russ pulls out or or what if, you know, Deuce doesn't show up or something like that. Um, so I went ahead and somewhat kept it the same. And I went with Russ for first because I think if he's healthy, he has the big enough deadlift to hold on to a lead and get the win. He may not have a PR total, but he can still get the win. And I put Sean at second. I think he'll come and perform well. Um even with the cut down to 82 and a half, he, I think he didn't meet recently, so he can make the weight. His training's been looking good. Uh, like I said, he had that big squat, so I think he'll come in at second. And then I'm going to switch it up and say Angel's going to come back, and he's going to execute, and he's going to be deuced this time, and I'll put Angel at third. I think his bench has been a little bit down recently, so potentially if that bench comes back, that's going to help. And then I think sometimes his total is lower than when his actual strength is on the day because he takes such a big jump when you're a big deadlifter. So he may be taking 10, 15 kilo jump from a second to third deadlift. And if he misses, then you're like, oh, he only did 808 or only did, you know, 810. But if he gets that 15, all of a sudden you have a monster total. So if he can execute on that third deadlift and he can chip it whatever he wants to, I think he can go and pull in for the placing again. All right. So I have, um, for sure, I'm going to go Russ. Uh, I mean, how do you not? It'd be a massive upset to go against Russ. And if Russ isn't 100%, he's not going to show. I mean, he he's not going to put himself in that predicament. So I'm glad he's he's testing the waters with some heavier weights. Uh, but if Russ shows, I, so I think he's at 100%, so Russ is going to take it. I think his top end, he doesn't need to necessarily be at his very top end, um, you know, with 840 plus which he's capable of. I think he, I think he's going to have a win there. Sean Noriega is going to be my second pick. The rest of the field is definitely catching up. Delaney Wallace is obviously top end in the 820 plus, And uh, Sean has proven to be 820 plus. And if Delaney was there, we could have a conversation with two fellas who are capable of 820 plus now. Now it's tight. But I think Sean, now it goes rush Sean still. And then now the big battle is going to be between Gruden and Angelo. Historically speaking, they clashed twice. Both times I picked Angelo. And they split the two previous clashes. I'm actually going Gruden this time. Oh, I'm actually going Gruden this time. Uh, so we'll see what happens. His 817.5 really, and he missed a couple lifts on his on the way to 817.5. I think if he's not injured, and it's difficult to tell because he doesn't post a whole hell of a lot, but if he comes back 100 percent and um, you know he looks so good in his 18 
or eight, 17.5. And he still missed, he missed his third squat and his third dead. Usually when you're missing your thirds like that, your totals taking a hit. He's missing his thirds and he's got a PR total. That's fucking, that means like he's got room to spare. You, that means if, when they battle it out and, and he start if he starts worst case scenario, starts missing again, it's not like he can afford to miss now and still win that, that leaves an impression on me when I'm trying to see what's going on. You know, that's when the tide started turning for me. Now I got a lot of faith in Angelo's dead. So he could pull himself in and pull himself over Gruden and like, it's, it's tight. It's super tight. But if Gruden hits his thirds, whether his strength has gone up or he pulls his thirds back a little bit, it just chips away. He's two and a half kilos. He's, he's one, two and a half kilo jump on his third or his dead third dead or squat from being an eight twenty pluses again, or I, not again, but joining the eight twenty plus club. I just think like he's starting to level up. He's starting to get close to like a, a Sean Noriega situation. You know, if he hits his thirds, what are we talking about here? Him and Sean is, is neck and neck. It's 2017 junior worlds all over again. Not to bring it up, but sorry. <laughs> it is what it is, love. It is what it is, love. But, um, you know, so I'm going to go Gruden, but Angelo is full well capable of pulling himself ahead. He's, it's just, uh, you know, I, I think Angelo is doing well. It's just Gruden left an impression on me at that yeah. Arnold's. It's definitely possible. Like, like no, no one knows what Deuce's training is, right? And so, who knows what he's doing? And yeah, if he executes, let's say he goes nine for nine or eight for nine, let's say Sean misses like his third squad and third deadlift, Deuce could steal second place if his training has been going well. So he's he's definitely capable. Of, um, so it'll be interesting to see what he comes with. And then, uh, yeah, with Angel, for me, it's just banking on that big pull. He gets the last say. He just puts on whatever he needs and pulls for that podium. I was full on like that for, for the last two clashes with Gruden. And, um, and I still think Angelo still like one pull away from an upset, but it's just what Gruden was putting together despite missing lifts, still putting together a total like that. It's like, God damn. Yeah. And but with, you're uh, right in terms of him and Sean, fuck me, man. He's not far off Sean right now. I mean, if he hits those thirds, what are we talking about? Sorry. Go and, ahead. No, I was just going to mention it. And with Michael, I was looking up what he weighed in at his last meet. So he did the Virginia pro at, 75.35 kilo so he has a lot of room to continue to fill out and he did 785 at that meet at 75 kilos so but then if he gets another five or ten kilos on his bench and maybe five kilos on his deadlift he could be looking up at like you know the 800 kilo barrier which i know he's been chasing for a while look at he was 75.5 why doesn't he just cut the half kilo he's probably smaller than pug and take that <laughs> fucking national title baby because he's yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's so tempting, but whatever. It is what it yeah. is. Yeah, I'm not sure what the decision was there as far as, uh, you know, he had the disappointing uh, Raw Nationals in Daytona at 74 kilos. And then I don't know if he was trying to stay within distance to kind of figure out what they want to do. And then maybe at some point they decide to move up to 82 and a half. The other potential thing is that I was looking up what the weight class changes. The weight class changes technically May 22nd. So it's not close. So technically, he still has some time if he wants to like last minute trick people and go down to the seventy fives. He could. Dog, if I was him, if I, <laughs> if he's still like just a couple kilo ahead, even like if he's body weight is look at. If I move up a weight class, I could fill the weight class up. If you're just talking, eat whatever you want, smash food, do your thing, and smash weights. I don't know why it's taking him so long to to gain more weight than that. Because I thought 
part of the inconsistency of his previous performances was due to weight cutting, but he's still hovering mighty close to his old weight body weight. Um, but you know, sometimes with people, even if they don't cut big amounts of weight, their body just doesn't respond to even small cuts very well. And if that's it, fair play. If he's like, look at, I got you. I'm relatively close, but you don't understand. Some people could do hero cuts. I do a minimal cut and that it, it really rattles me. No problem, man. To end of the day, it, you just want to go out and have a good performance. And he's, it, he's probably, he's going to set himself up for that either way. All right, love, let's move on to the 90 kilo class. We got some familiar faces. Um, we got some people that are going to try to break away ahead here. Obviously, the 93s are gone. Jonathan Keiko, gone. Gavin Aiden, gone. Some of those that we're used to, but it opens the door to some new people and some old people coming around here. What are we looking at here, Arian? Yeah, not only like uh, old old and new people, but people all moving weight classes because now that you right. have all these new weight classes, like, hey, okay, do you go down to 90s or do you go up to 100? So some people are going down to 90s. Some people are going up to 100. So Cameron Smith, you know, weighed in at 92 something. He's going down. Brandon Petrie weighed around like 93 something. He's going down. Connor Borker again, 91, 92. He's going down. And, and Jamar Royster uh, as well. Jamar had done uh 83s but then at the virginia pro he weighed in 91 so now he's going back down to 90 versus bryce is the the one that you know was the 105 was committing to go down to 93s they switched to weight classes and he's like screw it i'll just commit to 90 at this point so he did a meet in march where he did weigh in in the 90 um and hit that 837 perfect nine for nine had more in the tank so it's gonna be interesting to see He's already made the commitment. He's already made the cut. He's already competed at that. Now he can just hold at that body weight and continue to get stronger. And he put up a recently, I think, like a 345 double on his deadlift, yes, looking strong. Um, the squat and bench don't look like it's improved as much uh, compared to the deadlift from what I've seen. Um, but it always depends on like how fatigued the person is, how many times they've been trained that week and stuff like that. Um, for Cameron Smith, I didn't see too much on him posted on Instagram. For uh, Brandon Petrie, he did post recently some of his training and he was trying to go for like a 2000 pound total in a, in a week, even though it was on the same day, he's saying he's like the leanest he's ever been, everything like that. Um, and his total is a little bit deceiving. So you may see the, the three, uh, 845 on there, but that's because it was a different weight class. He actually did 895 weighing the 93 and change. So it depends on, is he closer to 845 or is he closer to the 895? Um, I don't think he's at that 2000 pound total. I mean, if they're listening to this, they may hate me for it. I don't think he's at the 2000 pounds because he couldn't hit it in the gym and he still has to make weight cut and all those kinds of things, but I don't think he needs it. I think with the 875, 885 is going to be enough to win. He doesn't have to go 900 plus, um, because the other guys are all at 840, 850. They have to do weight cuts as well. So I switched this up a couple times as well. And I went and this, uh, with finally with Brandon Petrius first because I think he's going to have a far enough lead um, if he plays it smart and he's already close to weight. And then I decided to go at Cameron Smith at second because I think he's been progressing nicely, even though he has been posting too much up. Uh, I think he's going to progress nicely. And Bryce, I put at third because I think the squat and bench press are going to have a little bit trouble improving i think the the delif will improve and he can have that big pull at the end to steal it from like a connor borker or jamar royster if anyone else happens to be in that spot but i don't think he's going to have enough to catch into uh first or second okay so here's my breakdown 
Um, very similar. I got the same top three as yours, but a bit of a shakeup. I'm going to go mm. with Brennan as well. Brennan is still going to be my pick for the 90 kilo, but his 895 kilo total, he did at a body weight of 93.8 kilo. Now, if he, he said, um, I believe in his stories, he's already said he's going to go 93 kilo IPF worlds next year. If he brings that 895, like 93s are already fucking stacked. <laughs> so if Brendan says, let me enter this battle with an 895, oh my goodness, is the 93s at IPF Worlds and PA Nats and everywhere. PA Nats will have Chance, Keiko, fucking Brendan. Like PA Nats will be stacked. Then when they send, if they send two people to Worlds, stupid. 93s will be stupid. But... <laughs> Here's here's the thing. He had 895 at a 93.8 kilo body weight, though. That dropping to 93, that's 0.8 kilo fine. Talk me into that any day. Dropping to 90, that's a big, that's a big drop. Now, where's he gonna end up? Now we know his total here. Um, what has he done? Let me take a look here. Did 845 at 90 kilo? Is that right? Yeah. I mean, that's a big spread. I think he's going to be somewhere in between there. I think he's still going to be good enough, I think, to win. But we don't have this information. It's a new weight class. None of these fellas have a lot of information at 90 kilos. So we're completely guessing here. If you listen to this preview show, for God's sake, I don't think anybody throws money down on powerlifting. But if you are. <laughs> if you're in Vegas. For tread, yeah, if you're in Vegas, baby, <laughs> tread softly for the 90 kilo class because there's not information. On that there isn't a history at 90 kilo with any of these guys at the top end that are battling it out. We're totally guessing. I think this guy's total will be here, but I don't fucking know. The one guy that has a 90 kilo history now, ironically, is Bryce Lewis, who went nine for nine and got his 837.5. Now he went nine for nine. Bryce is a world champion. He's won US Raw Nats. He's won the IPF world championships. He's been in battles um, you know, he's flown all over. He's done it all. And he's a seasoned veteran. I believe he's my second pick because I think he's going to go up from that 837.5. And I think that was the first time 90 kilo. Let's play it safe. Let's play it comfortable. Go nine for nine and just fucking feel it out day. And I think it's only up from there. Um, again, not a lot of, even though he's, he's the only guy of these three that's got me a 90 kilo total. And that's all I got to work with is one, a sample size of one. So I'm guessing here, if you're listening, I'm, yeah, I'm going to admit I'm guessing here, but I'm leaning on his history of winning raw Nats, winning IPF worlds, winning major showdowns, upsetting Ashton, the guy can do it. So if someone's going to try to swap his, you know, their placing for his second place, I think he can hold firm. I think Brennan's top end is there and I'm going to take Brennan, but I think I'll take Bryce due to that. And I'll take Cameron Smith coming in third. But if you were to tell me I'm going Cameron second, I can't look in your eyes and be like, you're a crazy person. Cause, <laughs> I, cause, because we're kind of guessing, you know, the 90 kilo classes, brand spanking new. And these guys, if they're honest, aren't entirely sure themselves, you know, they put in the work, but they got to cut weight, show up and a lot of things happen. Um, so it'll be interesting. It's, it's a good battle. This is actually a pretty good tight class and it should be entertaining to watch. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. With, um, with Brandon Petrie, actually the eight forty five kilo total he did was also at 93s. It's just because he did it last year. Then you can 
based on your 93 kilo toll, you can go down to the 90s ah. or up to the 100. So he hasn't actually competed at a body weight of 90 since like his first meet in 2017. So yeah, it's going to be interesting for him too to actually make that weight and see how how strong his body feels since he hasn't been at that weight. So that's why I think you know it's great. To, it's great that. I don't know their insights to their training and what their goals are. So it's great to be like, oh, I want a 2,000-pound total. But also, like, one, you might not need it. And two, let's see how you feel when you're at 90. So I think, yeah, he may be more in the 875 to 885 range um, just because the weight cut's going to hurt the total a little bit. But I think it's still going to be enough. And with Bryce, yeah, I, I think he had more in the tank. I think he's getting comfortable with that body weight. And it's it's tough to not pick Bryce, like, one or two. Because, like, for all these years, you know, when he's going up against Ashton or going up against uh, uh, Garrett Blevins, we're like, okay, he's in the battle for first. He may try and pull for the win. Or he may win easily depending on the competition. Now you're like, hold up. He's in a battle with, like, four or five other guys. He may get third place, fourth place, who knows. And since his total is 15 kilos behind Cameron's, even though Cameron wasn't at 90, I think it's going to be maybe a little bit too much of a gap for him to cover. Even if he improves on his lifts, gets comfortable with that body weight, I just figure, you know, Cameron may be able to push a little bit more. That's tough because then you're like, but then maybe Cameron's total comes down. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like maybe Bryce doesn't even have to cover that whole gap. It's tough, man. I, I mean – who knows? We'll, we'll find out, you know, this summer. Let's move to the 100 kilo class. And we got a phenom in the mix here, sir. In a, in a, it should be a decent showing. What are we looking at? Yeah. I mean, we, we keep talking about it anytime we have these shows is man, Bob Matthews, man, what a difference going up a weight class did. Like oh. I remember in Daytona um, in the back with him and Pete Spence. And he was like talking about it. Like, I think that was like the first time I ever met him. He was talking about like, you know, potentially go up weight class. We're talking about how tall he is and everything like that. But that was before the weight class changes. And then they do this weight class change, which helps him because now he has to go up to 100, not to 105. And these other guys at 105 are like, damn, do I go down to 100 or do I go up to 110? And his total just keeps blowing up more and more and more. He's like, 1900 pound total this week rp6 2000 pound total this week rp7 i was like man it's ridiculous so i think he's just gonna uh blow away this weight class i think he's gonna be the clear winner and he's gonna be looking towards that against that best lifter he's gonna see what daniel clements did he's gonna see you know what russ did uh he can maybe project what ashen's gonna do and see if he can sneak into a uh, top three best lifter spot then from there, I mean, it's it's a cluster of lifters. You have Lorenzo Wright at 852, Kyle Power at 837, Kai Zhao at 835, uh, Zachary Yamamoto at 827, and Jonathan Hill at uh, 825. So it gets a little bit interesting there. And I went and looked into some of their previous meet results and a little bit of their training and stuff. And the person who stood out to me was uh, Kai Zhao because his total, I think, is a little bit uh, under what he's capable of because he took a huge jump in his delif at his last meet. So he went eight for nine and he jumped from 365 to 385 for his final deadlift. So potentially at that meet, he could have done, we don't know, 370, 375. So it's going to bump his total a little bit. Who knows how much stronger he's gotten. So I think he's going to be pushing um, some bigger totals up there. But I, I don't know if I can put him above Lorenzo Wright. So this is another one where I was like going back and forth and I was like, okay, what if he gets two more on squat, two more on bench? What if he gets 10 more on Delip? But what if Lorenzo Wright's getting stronger? So I just settled that I would keep Lorenzo Wright a second, but have Kai Zhao jump Kyle Power based on that final deadlift to pull for third place. Okay, so I got the exact same one, two, three zoom this time. <laughs> Uh, the other ones we weren't agreeing on. I'm going to agree with you on this one and definitely agree with you that Bob Matthews, um, although is quite a bit in the lead, 
for the 100 kilo class and it's going to be difficult for any like he's really going to have a terrible day for anybody to upset him in the 100 kilo class it's still going to be fun to watch just to see the package he unveils like this dude's training numbers he's been killing it when he was leading up to his um 9 12 and a half i think it was we knew in the gym he was murdering weights and it was like i can't wait to see what he ends up doing here we go again and and plus like he's like honestly he could if anyone's going to push Ashton to take the best lifter, it's probably him. You know, I'm not saying like Ashton, we'll talk about him. He's a weight class up, but these boys could clash head to head in a weight class at some point, And it would be a riveting affair. You know, this is almost like a preview for that. Um, so I am extremely interested in seeing, like, I think Bob Matthews is a very heavy favorite to win this. But even, and sometimes it's like, wow, it's not that fun to watch somebody when they're a really heavy favorite to take it. It'll be fun just to see what the heck this guy does though. You know, some guys it's like, I'm pretty sure what you're going to do, you know, and and you're a heavy favorite. So it kind of takes the excitement out of it with Bob. That's not the case. I'm not, I know he's going to murder, but I don't know how crazy could this get? What are we talking here? 940? 950. I think it, it could, could say, be 940, yeah. 950. It's crazy. 955. It could be, man. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's nuts. That's why, like, I got to tune in. I got to tune in and see. Yeah, I mean, I think he did like 936 or 936.5 uh, recently in training. So, like, even if you just say, okay, he does 937.5, that's what Anatoly did. Anatoly right. did that at about 102 kilos. Maybe Bob does it at 100 kilos. And right. so that that's how ridiculous he is. Uh, and then, yeah, who knows? If he puts up he's pushing to 850 like you say maybe then he yeah he can literally go up against ashton head to head don't worry about weight class let's just see who totals more 950 yeah no you're right and if he's like um you know if anatoly is 102 like obviously you could cut two kilo to one if he's already at anatoly levels holy shit anatoly won ipf world's best lifter like if he's anatoly levels and he might be you know, that's, that's phenomenal, dude. That's a, um, he's, he's a rising star, Bob Matthews. I'm very excited to see what this guy does. And um, I believe you with Kai in terms of uh, pulling himself into, you know, a third place position. I also wasn't confident he would pull himself over Lorenzo, but if you pay attention, he's got a monster dead. It just depends if he hits his third dead. If he wants to load up, and pull for a second and risk his third place. Cause if he misses, he falls right out of top three. Or if he's like, you know what, let's, let's not chase second. Let's secure third. He's possible because, you know, obviously Kyle is a phenomenal lifter himself. Um, with a, with a name like Kyle power, you know, he's coming, <laughs> in, you know, he's fucking built how, for this. How dare I pick against Kyle power. Right. I mean, Kyle is nothing to play with. So if, it depends on how they play it. Kyle just might end up in the top three. If he plays a tight game, goes nine for nine and lets Kai just pull for a higher position and miss. It's going to be tough. It's there's going to be some game day decisions here. So the real battle is between second and third and, and so on and so forth. But the, the show is going to be, you know, Bob Matthews, because it's a special era right now. It's the Bob Matthews era and we're living in it. Let's talk about the one ten, sir. So, the 110s is like similar where you toss out a uh, Bob and you put in Ashton and it's just like, I think he's going to be so far ahead. You know, Ashton's been 
consistently just doing meets and meets and meets and consistently getting, you know, monster totals like eight fifty or nine fifty five and nine fifty point five. So I don't think any of these other guys are going to keep up with him. And who knows, he could potentially like at the Arnold, just like, you know, save it. At that point, he kind of knows where all the dots are, does whatever he needs to, you know, win best lifter, win all the prize money, save it. Or he could potentially like, yo, let's see how far he can push this. Like he tried that 400.5 at the Virginia Pro. What if he tries that 400 again? What if we see something massive like a 965 or 975? So even though we know he's just going to win easily, um, I think it's kind of interesting, like you say with Bob, it's going to be interesting to watch just see the ridiculous numbers he puts up, especially on the squat and Delif, and see whether he chooses to push that total really high. And then from there, you have um, David Wilson seems to have enough of a lead there at eight, uh, 888 for second. And then you have a couple guys there um, as far as third place fighting it out. Preston Savoy, 847. Tevin Jones at 842. And Camden Wilson at 842. So I was trying to look at these three guys and look at their numbers. And again, we're, we're playing guessing games here with, you know, weight class changes and who's posting training and who's not posting training. Um, what I went and settled on based on what I was seeing and also some of it being just the meat results is I think uh, Camden Wilson will execute and come get third place. So if you go look up his meat results, it kind of reminds you of uh, Jonathan Keiko. The last two years of last like five or six meets, the man doesn't miss. And right. he's consistently bumping up his total. So from 2019 Raw Nationals, he's gone 720, 777, 810, 822, 842. Just consistently hitting PRs, consistently making attempts. So when I'm being indecisive, I just like, okay, he doesn't have to make a uh, weight. He wait, he weighed in 104 his last meet. He makes attempts. He's going to show up to Raw, Na- uh, Raw Nationals or Mega Nationals, and he's going to make attempts and do what he needs to get that third place. So I have the exact same one, two, three in the same logic. Well, like, like the one, two is obvious, right? Like uh, yeah. I, that this is actually not the craziest, obviously Ashton, everything you said, it's the Ashton Rouska show and it's going to be phenomenal. Everyone wants to see, is he going to win best lifter? Is Bob Matthews going to win best lifter and upset him there? How tight is that race for best lifter going to be between them? How tight is their total going to be? If Ashton misses a couple lifts, oh my gosh, is Bob, if Bob goes full send, is he going to be, neck and neck even on totals despite being a weight class below i i recognize ashton doesn't fill out 110 but still that's crazy and possibly conceivable i'm starting to believe bob is capable bobby knuckles is capable and <laughs> david wilson obviously former u.s raw nats champion um as a 93 ipf world silver medalist i believe if i don't recall incorrectly um phenomenal lifter world class solid second pick and the reason why i'm also going with camden wilson um exactly we i noticed the same thing pulled up the open powerlifting because let's split the tie here and tevin had a huge gap in competitions um so he, I, I, you don't, you just don't have the data on him. Preston, mostly in equipment. Um, and if I'm going to go with consistency and if that's the number one, somebody goes nine for nine regularly competition after competition like that, when it comes to a big meet and everyone's clustered and it's nice and tight and you got to flip a coin, lean on somebody who consistently hits their lifts, lean on somebody who consistently shows up and gets it done. Um, that's sports, right? So I'll go there. But having said that, Tevin, Tevin's got a monster dead and, and he, I mean, he definitely can pull himself in the third, um, you know, same with Preston is, is a, is a hell of a lifter as well. So having said that, that I'm taking Camden as well with you, the third was a tough pick and we're kind of operating on less information due to 
the gap in comps with Tevin and Preston doing a lot of equip. So it, anything could happen on game day. Very solid pick for Ashton and, and David Wilson that went first and second. Yeah, it's it definitely hard with like, like you said, with Preston, he, you know, it's from Louisiana. They have a big Louisiana high school powerlifting association there. They do a lot of equip lifting, pull a lot of the equip lifters into the collegiate teams. And so he was doing a lot of equip lifting on the raw side. His numbers have been going up nicely, especially by adding more body weight. Um, it just depends on how much more his body, his toll can go up because his last meet was in May. So how much can his total go up in one month? And we don't know because I didn't see the, the attempts of he missed the 317.5 second deadlift and then didn't take a third deadlift. So did he actually miss it or did he just not attempt it? How much more does he have in him? And then on the flip side, yeah, like you had mentioned with Tevin Jones, he's from Texas where they have Texas High School Powerlifting Association, big equipped lifters there. And so he has all these high school meets that he did as a teen. And then yeah, didn't looks like he doesn't have a meet until uh, nine years later, which was this February where he did the 842. So again, from February, depends on how much more his total can go up um, and how much has he you know, been training since his return or has he been trained the whole time, those kinds of things. It's tough. And that's why the third place, it's a bit of a flip of the coin action. Let's talk about the 125s, my man. Um, what are we looking at here? Yeah, this is another one I wasn't too sure on. Uh, I was pretty certain on Jared Martin being first. You know, he yeah. con- consistently, you know, does well. And he did another one, doesn't post too much training. And sometimes from his training, you don't know if he's doing a variation, like what his uh, total is kind of be at or his max is at. But, you know, he recently competed at the Arnold. He performed well there. I think, you know, if he comes in healthy, everything like that, he's going to be the lead to uh, win this. Then from there, like, I, I don't know Kevin Wynn, but I know the rest. Like, I know Blake Atwell. I know Nathan Alexander and Matthew Cronin. Um, but there is that little bit of gap as well. After Blake Atwell, there's a gap uh, to Nathan Alexander and Matthew Cronin. So, again, just trying to look up meet results and trying to, like, see what the people are posting on Instagram. Um and trying to figure things out, but it's a little bit hard. So I just kind of stuck with what's there. I went with Kevin Wynn as number two and Blake Atwell as number three. I found myself in the exact same position. Um, there's a huge jump in total for Kevin. When you look in the IPF uh, open power, sorry, open power lifting. And, um, but I- I'm going to go with just what I see. And it's going to be like Jared Martin. I know, obviously um, a solid performer and definitely the heavy favorite to take this, Beyond that, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Kevin. I'm going to go with Blake. And then there's a bit of a drop off. So unless somebody's injured or there's something like that, that I, I don't know of, that's my one, two, three. And there's not a lot of information when you're, when you're shifting around. So there it is, sir. Let's talk about the one forties. Yeah. I just wanted to mention real quick with the sure. Kevin, Kevin Wynn as well is like, I'm not sure because there's so many Kevin wins. If that is actually his jump in total, if that's the same one, like USAPL has like 10 different Kevin wins and on open power, ah. he's, Ke- he's Kevin win number 16. So as long as the meet results get combined and stuff. So ah. yeah, it was h- hard for me to find other data on him. So uh, potentially, you know, he has more data. He makes attempts. He's been competing for a while. Just not sure. Fair enough. Thanks for throwing that in there. Uh, what do you got for the 140 kilo? Another new weight class. The, the 140 was definitely another interesting one for me. Um, the way that it turned out this year, we'll see going forward and everything like that, is the, at least on paper, the three qualifying totals for the 140 are higher than the qualifying totals for 140 plus. Um, so 
any of those guys could go 140 plus and potentially make it easier for themselves, like not cut weight and potentially go against uh, easier competition. Though obviously we don't know what everyone's training numbers are. But if they all stay 140, it's going to be a battle because you have uh, Dominic Melvin, who I don't know who that is, at 915. And then we have Mike Astrologo, who's here from Florida at 907.5. And Hagen Henderson, who you recently been posting, and I would be talking to him also at 907.5. So that one's definitely an interesting battle. I couldn't find really anything on Dominic Melvin, but I know Mike Astrologo, he just did a meet in April uh, here in Florida that I was at, which happened to be like one of those meets where it's like a delayed start, it's hot in the gym, they purposely pulled back his numbers, and he still went out and executed very well and did 907. So I think he has more in him. I think he had more in him that day, but I also think he has more like on a better scenario, like at nationals with, you know, a big crowd behind you and better timing and everything like that, that he's going to be putting up, you know, possibly 915, 920, who knows. And then Hagen, uh, I believe at the meet he did recently, he also had more in him on squat and bench press. It Delif looked like a max, but his squat and bench looked like he had more in him. And recently in training, it also looks like he has more in him. He did like, um, I think maybe five kilo PR or something like that in training. So this is another one I went back and forth. I was like, okay, I'm going to put Dominic first. Okay, I'm going to put Hagen first. I'm going to put Michael first. And I couldn't decide how I wanted to order it. And finally, I just went, okay, I'm going to take Mike Astrologo because I know him. I'm biased. He's from Florida. I know he has more in him. Then I'm taking Hagen Henderson number two, even though this might be like a high-profile meet for him. He's kind of new to the sport like that. I think he has more in him, and I think he can you know, execute. And then Dominic Melvin, unfortunately, I don't, I couldn't really find anything on him. Not sure uh, how he's been improving. He possibly could be improving and could win this easily, but I just threw him in at third. It was also tough for me as well, due to everything you just said, but I'm taking Hagen first, even oh. though they're very close though. Like this is, these three gentlemen are super close and you could shuffle the deck either which way, but Hagen went nine for nine in this 907.5. He's only 22 years old. I think he can, I think he's going to, if he goes all out, but doesn't tip over, I, that's why he's my pick. I'm foreseeing if he goes nine for nine again, and I think he at 22 years old and this fresh in the game, he's going to add on to that. Um, it looks like by training, he's adding on to that. And I'm confident with it. And the fact he went nine for nine previously, I like that he's hitting attempts. If he could repeat that and keep that consistency. So that's the only reason why I'm going to lean into Hagen. But um, I don't know the gentleman, the other gentleman is as well as you do, like Michael. So if Michael, you know, on a, on a tough day, hit what he hit, what was it? 907.5 as well? Uh, yeah, it was. So if he's also neck and neck with Hagen and, you know, it was a tough circumstances, did 907.5. Who knows? I mean, they're, they're, they're the exact same total. So it's, it's a tough one. It's a flip of the coin, literally. Yeah. And I, and I guess the, if you want to give a disadvantage to Mike is he has the lower deadlift. So the other two guys are at a 340 deadlift at their last meet and Mike's at 325. So potentially you can come to a point where, you know, uh, Dominic and Hagen just wait and see what Mike does. And then they both bow it out and see who wants to get the final say and pull for the win. Fair enough. Talking about the final say, that's the one twenty or sorry, one forty pluses. And uh, what are we looking at here, sir? Yeah, I mean, uh, at least to me, there's a lot of new names of people I don't know. So, like, uh, nominate first at eight ninety seven point five, Joshua Longoria. I don't really know. Uh, eight sixty seven point five, Lorenzo Barnes. I think I've heard of him, but again, don't know much about him. Eight sixty. Uh, Connor Wilmus. I don't know. And those are the three guys in prime time. And it's interesting that. Those three guys plus the next two guys who aren't in prime time are all from Texas. So it's all Texas boys. Um, you know, they make them bigger. Everything is bigger <laughs> in Texas. And so it's going to be a Texas prime time 140 plus. 
Uh, unfortunately, I don't really know much about them. I try to look into uh, things with some of these lifters is hard. Some people don't have Instagram. Some people have common names. It's hard to find their Instagram. Some people are private. I don't want to follow them just to like go see their training, right. those kind of things. And so I just end up going and keeping it the way it is because it's, it's a decent enough gap with Joshua 897.5, 30 kilos ahead, unless, you know, some, some of these numbers are, you know, easy meets or whatever. And then between the battle between second and third, you know, since I don't know much about, I just kept Lorenzo second and Connor third. I did the exact same for the exact same reason. The spread was decent enough in the information. I didn't have information to steer me otherwise. So I'm going to take these, uh, you know, the spread as gospel and just lock them in because uh, I'm not as familiar with these gentlemen. Let's talk about the best lifters then. The battle for best lifter, sir. We kind of talked about it. We don't need to dive super into because as we went, we all know the big names that are probably going to be involved in it. But who is your one, two, three for best lifters? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely there's a four or five guys that can be in there. Kind of we mentioned uh, Daniel, Russ, Brandon, Bob, uh, and Ashton. And then with like, People like Daniel, like, okay, well, the, how much does he fill out the weight class? Or people like Bob, how much does he fill out the weight class uh, versus someone like Russ, who's going down a little bit? Does he weigh exactly 82 and a half or does he weigh a little bit lighter? Um, and with Ashton, like, you you know, he's been filling out more and more all the time. So it depends. So it, I think it's a little bit tight when you get to three, four, five of who can slip in there. And so I just defaulted towards um people who are in the later weight classes because they can see what's going on, what they need to do. And I defaulted towards Brandon Petrie going down to 90, potentially going down in body weight. If he can hold his total up enough, then I'll help his points. So I went with Brandon Petrie as third best lifter. I went Bob Matthews as second best lifter, and I'm sticking with Ashton Rouska, best lifter of the Mega Nationals. I'm going Ashton number one. And the reason why I'm taking Ashton, I mean, he's proven himself time and time again in the USAPL. Um, so I'll keep him as a top dog, but Bob intrigues me. It's just a little too much question marks right now. Bob is on the rise when Bob is hit his ceiling and we're floating around there for a little while, you know, we'll know a little more, but until then I'll stick with what I know. And that's Ashton, but Bob definitely is a threat. We just don't know, you know, how heavy is Ashton going to be? Um, is he going full send? What does his full send look like? And, and Bob, I mean, what's his full send look like? Yeah, it's, there's a lot of question marks around both of these guys because Ashton often will just have some fun. Hey, I'm not going to pull sumo this. I'm going to pull conventional. Maybe I pull sumo. Maybe I do close grip bench. Let's hit a PR closer grip mm-hmm. bench. It's, it's wild. Man. I'm not even going to come out for my third dead. I don't need it. <laughs> you know, it's so you don't know. And then I think we're going to find out in this competition. So there's question marks around Ashton and then around Bob. God knows. God knows what he's going to do. My third is where we're different. I'm going to throw Russ in there, a full 100% Russ. And I don't think he's showing up unless he's hundred um, percent. I think he could take third. I think he's, he'll, he'll defeat everybody else that could be coming up. But with Brendan Petrie, God knows, man. Um, we don't know what he looks like at 90 kilo. We don't know. We don't know what he's going to need. So it's tough because a lot of these weight classes are brand spanking new. And we have so little information on these gentlemen that you're kind of guessing, you know, we're with Russ at the very least, 82.5 is pretty close to 983. And uh, I don't have to guess nearly as much. So I'm going to lean towards Russ and he's a consistent performer. I mean, Russ is one from how many U S raw Nats he's gone the worlds. He's, I mean, he's done it all. You know what I mean? So I'm also lean on my man's experience there. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, for the best lifter, like we're talking about the overall best lifter across all the weight classes. Um, I think that was originally what USAPO was talking about when they were going to do the prize money. But I think at some point they switched it. So part of the reason why we're talking about this, like how much is Ashley going to send it or how much is Bob going to push it is that there's now prize money in the line at Raw Nationals too. So each weight class is going to win. The winner is going to win $1,000. So, you know, Ashton will win 1000 for getting first place in the weight class. But then there's prize money for the best lifter. So their Instagram post says $2,000 for each champion of each group so there's a lightweight middleweight and heavyweight so if they're doing it you know even where it's going to be four weight classes per group then you know for the lightweights it looks like daniel clements would be the favorite to win for the middleweights it could be russ brandon or bob so that's what we're saying you know what if bob pushes it to beat out a russ or Brandon? and then for the heavyweights it looks like it'll be ashton so then each of those guys could be winning two thousand dollars so it makes it a little bit more interesting with russ brandon and bob matthews they're all going to be in the primetime session competing at the uh at the same time or actually the 82s and 90s are together so russ and brandon will be at the same time and bob will be later i'm um, battling it out for that middleweight prize money let's see what happens it should be interesting my friend so thank you everybody for tuning in make sure you also check out the women's preview show for the u.s nationals um it is six pack lapping at wherever you're listening to this subscribe Give us high ratings. Don't miss these episodes. We're dropping them like crazy lately, uh, leading into IPF Worlds and uh, USAPL Nats. So subscribe and stop missing out. You're missing the good stuff. Six-pack lap it at. Six up. We are out.